Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's our lead pastor, Matthew Malik. Are you ready for the word? Okay. Uh, the title of this message, and this is our series, Together. Pastor Deb did such a great job last week opening up this series. And uh, the title for today is Catching Foxes. Catching Foxes. Now, that's an interesting title. Now, what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to teach you how to catch a fox or catch foxes. Now, uh, years ago, where we used to live, we had a den of foxes on our property. We had a couple of acres. And every morning, about between 5.30 to 6.30, the fox would come out and run around our backyard, and we always were entertained by the foxes. Um, and then on the church property right back here, uh, we, have, we have foxes that live out here. So from time to time, we'll see them running around. And uh, we have to make sure uh, we keep everybody safe, though. But they seem to be pretty innocent. They haven't ever attacked anybody. But that's not what I'm going to do. I don't have any experience in catching foxes. We're not going to teach you how to catch a fox. But I want to direct you to a passage that addresses this issue. And it's in the Song of Solomon. Chapter 2, verse 15. And Solomon is writing, and he makes this statement. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Now, the allegory here uh, is interesting because in the ancient world, uh, the vineyards were usually vulnerable to foxes that would come in and the bigger foxes would jump up and catch the uh, grapes or, uh, you know, take the grapes that were on the vine. So they would build fences around these vineyards to protect it from predators. And so uh, it kept the big foxes out. But the little foxes were able to get under the fence and slip into the vineyard And they were too small to jump up and grab the grapes, but they would gnaw at the vine. And so the vine would break and fall, and then they would eat the grapes. And so the story here is saying that something small can do more damage than something big. And so we want to address something that may seem insignificant or small and not a big deal, But it is a big deal when we talk about relationships and we talk about this thing called together. And it's interesting in this particular passage, in this allegory, whatever is in blossom we see is more vulnerable for attack. And that's what what Solomon is addressing uh, concerning uh, this. So let's take a moment and pray as we prepare our hearts to receive God's word. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this opportunity to share from from the truth of the Bible. I pray that you give us years to be able to grasp and understand, Father, what you are saying and speaking to us through the pages of the Bible. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for moving in our hearts today to help us navigate through difficult relationships and situations that we may be encountering. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, Little foxes represent things that often go undetected. 
because they can cause great damage. They can cause heartache. They can cause pain in our lives. Cancer is that way. It's a disease. And it's so, it's unseen. It's undetected often. But if it goes undetected, those cancer cells can multiply and end a person's life and cause death. They can cause great damage. Often it's the little things that cause the greatest amount of damage. And so our tendency is to focus on the big things in life, and we discover it's the little things that trip us up. You know, if you're walking in the dark and, and something's left in, in the room and, and you forgot you put it there, uh, you could trip over it, and it might, might not even be something significant. You know, sometimes just a rug that has a little wrinkle in it can be enough to trip you up. And see, uh, did you know, and this is interesting, I brought something with me this morning. I hope it's there. Oh, yes, it's small. It's what we call an O-ring. Anybody know what an O-ring is? On January 28th, 1986, the cause of the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster was determined to be the failure of an O-ring seal. Now, the O-ring seal was a little bit bigger because it was in one of the rocket boosters. But it was a small thing that, when failed, caused great damage. The life of, of precious people were ended on that fateful day. It's the small things that can cause big problems. So we should give attention to the little things because they can be the cause of greater damage in our lives because they're often overlooked. Uh, they also tell us that the cause for aborting the Apollo 13 mission, I'm on the space kind of thing here, on the Apollo 13 moon landing, and you may have seen the movie or um, been around when that happened. I happened to be alive when that happened in 1970. The cause of the failure of that mission, now they all got back home safely, thank God, but the failure was a short circuit caused by a piece of wire that was worth about 50 cents. So it was that little thing that caused such great uh, problems. So a soul tie, and I'm going to define what that is, because a soul tie is something that can cause great damage in a person's life, but can often go undetected. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase before, soul tie, but I'm going to explain what that is because it has to do with the dynamic of relationships because in relationships, there's these connections, there's these things that happen, and often if the relationship fails, we're left hurt, we're devastated, and yet in some cases, people just can't get over the brokenness of that relationship and how it's affected or damaged them. And so the thing that affects relationships are this thing called the soul tie. And a soul tie is actually two words. The soul is the part of our humanity that makes up our mind, our will, and our emotions. Okay? So that's your soul. And, and your soul is, is, is how you, you process your thinking. Uh, it's your will, your ability to choose and decide. And it also is the emotional part of your makeup. And it's also the intellectual part of your makeup. And so 
the word tie is defined as to attach, to fasten, to fasten or connect. So putting these two words together, a soul tie is an experience or a feeling that is shared by people that bonds or unites them together. It connects them together. See, it's an attachment that can either be healthy or unhealthy. So soul ties can be good or they can be bad. They can be positive or negative. So soul tie is a connection or it's an emotional bond that unites you with someone else. It's something that becomes a bonding uh, of yourself to another person, to your soul. A soul tie actually is responsible for the pain you feel when a relationship ends. Uh, the more intimate the relationship may be, the more difficult it is to break the soul tie. And, and see, unbroken soul ties often are a problem for people because it goes undetected. They don't recognize it as the source of the issue they're dealing with. The reason we often or may go back into an unhealthy relationship that God has closed the door to is because of a soul tie. When people become emotionally invested, soul ties are formed, okay? Now, this is kind of a, a real deep message. And so my intent here uh, is not to, to weird you out, but it's to help to bring clarity and understanding because when I'm through, I believe some things are going to make more sense. Maybe things that you've been dealing with, wrestling with, you're going to be able to identify and recognize through the light of truth, the light of God's word, that there's something that God wants to do to break me free. Because God wants you to have healthy and whole relationships that are productive and, and doing something significant in this earth. Okay? Now, if we don't deal with soul ties properly, they can actually keep us from experiencing God's best for our lives, okay? Soul ties are actually formed in three ways. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Uh, they're, so, they're formed, first of all, through close relationships. Uh, secondly, they're formed through promises, vows, or commitments you make with the words of your mouth, where you pledge yourself, you, you make a promise or a commitment to somebody. Those words, see, words have more meaning than what you realize because uh, words either minister life or death. The scripture tells us in Proverbs that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And, you know, the, the words of our mouth are very powerful. The, Jesus said, by your words, you will be justified or condemned. In fact, the criteria of, of what we're going to stand before God in judgment will be the very words we have spoken. So when you declare that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that, those are words that will justify you and bring you into right relationship with God. And, and so uh, also the, the third way soul ties are formed are through sexual intimacy. Now, obviously, the more intimate you are with someone, the tighter the soul tie becomes. And, and it, it's not, not just... Uh, sex, but it's also other physical expressions that unite or bond you with someone else. Now, when we deal with affairs, they can be either physical or emotional. A soul tie keeps you connected to somebody emotionally, okay? 
And as I said, they can be good or bad. One good example of a soul tie we we see uh, in 1 Samuel 18.1. But before I show that, uh, there's a scripture Pastor Deb shared last week. And and I want to show that again. It's found in Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart. And this is from the uh, God's Word translation. It says, guard your heart more than anything else because the source of your life flows from it. Now, Failure to guard your heart is what often gets you ensnared in an unhealthy relationship. And and so keep that in mind as we continue to share with you God's word this morning. So a good soul tie, we see an example in the Bible is David and Jonathan's friendship. Uh, Jonathan was the son of King Saul, and he became friends with uh, Jonathan. And it says in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 18, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, Saul was the king at that time, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. So there was a connection there. We see the word knit. His soul was knit. That's what we see and define as a soul tie, the knitting of two souls. And so so Jonathan and David's hearts were actually knit together. Now, we can form healthy soul ties with family and friends, but unfortunately, there are unhealthy ones. And, and realize that God will strategically bring good relationships into our lives to form healthy, positive soul ties. Okay, keep that in mind. Now, one example of a bad soul tie, and we could spend a lot of time with this one, but we won't. It's with Samson and Delilah. And I, I think they made a movie about that, too how biblical it is. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But in Judges 16, 16, we see, uh, and before I read this, we see Samson uh, was alert to this woman called Delilah, and they had a very unhealthy relationship. Uh, They weren't married. They were living together. They were doing things that they probably shouldn't have been doing. Even back then, it wasn't kosher, okay? So Judges 16, 16, we see how this thing began to culminate in a disaster in Samson's life because she was pressing him to find out the secret of his power, where his strength was. And, and we know that an unhealthy soul tie will take away your strength and you will be defeated. And that's what happened with Samson without going into any more detail. But Judges sixteen sixteen reads, And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day, and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he ended up, you know, losing his strength, imprisoned by the Philistines, and blinded. His eyes were put out. And so uh, you can read the rest of the story in Judges if you want to. Now, you may be in a relationship right now that is unhealthy. And you may have an unhealthy soul tie, and that is really what's causing the pain that you're experiencing. It can be extremely painful. But I want you to know that you can break free if you are in an unhealthy relationship. You can break free. There's hope for you. So how do we recognize and break unhealthy soul ties? We need to recognize and break unhealthy soul ties. See, um, 
And this morning, if you need to be free of an unhealthy or wrong relationship or wrong attachment, God will help you through that. He'll navigate you through that. Because unhealthy soul ties will literally suck the energy out of your life. It will cause you to be vexed and even tormented in your mind or emotions. We often have lame reasons to justify staying in a wrong relationship, even when it's abusive. And there's so much I could say about that. How many people stay in an abusive relationship, even if it's just emotionally abusive, because of a, a wrong soul tie? There's, it, it pulls them right back into that like a magnet. Soul ties are deceiving. There's a spiritual element with a soul tie. And, and often that's where people kind of want to just say, forget all this. It's because they fail to recognize the spiritual counterpart for, of the natural physical aspect of the relationship. Because this is a spiritual world that we live in. And you can deny that, but the spiritual aspect is reality. And, and so it's understanding that. Soul ties can be deceiving and are dis, deceptive. And really, deception is to believe a lie. See, we have to learn to recognize when we're in a wrong soul tie or when we're in a wrong relationship and take steps to break free. And it's really addressing the problem. When you experience a connection with someone that is difficult to break, even when you know you have to, you can receive constantly, yeah, I know I need to end this. I know I need to break off this relationship. And yet uh, then you find yourself going right back into it. They can be purely emotional, but also sexual and physical. Now, science actually has discovered that we have a hormone, hormone called oxytocin, which is actually released from the brain during sexual activity or intimate gestures such as cuddling, holding hands, uh, you know, kissing, or simply just spending time, a lot of time with someone else. And when oxytocin is released from our brain, it promotes attachment. Attachment is the main ingredient of a soul tie. So soul ties, as I said, are spiritual. Now, picture yourself tied up to one of your ex-partners. Like it could be, you know, um, just a relationship that you once had that you no longer have. And, but imagine yourself with a rope that ties you together. And you're trying to go and build another relationship. You're trying to navigate through life. But yet there's this rope that somehow connects you with that person. It may be even looking at this, this new relationship you're in or a healthy one that you're in. And you're making comparisons. And, and things are almost haunting you from that previous relationship. And it's like you're bringing that into this new relationship. And, and so I want to give you an example. Years ago... There was a, a woman that came to us from another town. And they were seeking our counsel because they just wanted to get kind of unbiased uh, counsel. Uh, this woman was a believer. And she was married. And she had a very healthy marriage. But there was a time, a number of years in the early part of her marriage, where she was having a difficult time with her husband and there was a previous relationship that she had, and she reached out to this person in her past. And in reaching out, 
there was this connection, this emotional bond that was connected. And really, I believe the soul tie had already existed. That why, that's why she was drawn to this previous friend, this, uh, uh, this other man that was in her life and her past. And this man was meeting an emotional need in her life that her husband was not meeting. And so she knew this was wrong. She said, it, but what was interesting, every time she would come to Stephen's Point and visit, she would be at a store somewhere and she would run into this guy. And immediately in her heart, all this stuff was like resurfaced in this connection, this drawing. And, and she knew, no, this is wrong. I'm, I'm doing good with my husband right now, but I, I have to fight this thing off. And, and there was these thoughts, these emotions that were all stirred up in her. And so she said, I need help. I need prayer. And, and this happened on a number of occasions. In fact, she said, I'm afraid to come to this city because I know I'm going to somehow run up, to, uh, you know, see him somewhere. And so we led her through the scriptures, and we actually gave her a book, which we recommend. It's called Seductions Exposed, and it deals with, with this particular topic. It's by Gary Greenwald, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a great book, but it helps to really bring a biblical insight and clarification to this issue. And so this woman, uh, Pastor Deb and I, we prayed with her. We took authority. We had her, with her own words, take authority in the name of Jesus to sever, to break off this soul tie. Now, we checked up with her sometime later, and she checked up with us. And over the period of time, I think it was 10 years later, uh, she gave us a report. She said, you know, Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb, in all these years since the moment we prayed, Every time I've been in Stevens Point, because she, you know, had some friends that lived here and that, she said, I never have even run into this person again. And that whole emotional thing is completely gone. That soul tie has been severed. And I thought, wow. This, so we know this is a spiritual thing. And, and, and that uh, uh, it's not just, oh, by chance we run into this person. No, there's a soul tie that somehow brings people back together. Now, it's important in marriage to break the soul tie with your formal spouse or partners or those you were in relationship with so as not to bring that person into your relationship. And, and even as a question, how do you expect to give all of you to your spouse, even if you're not married, to your future spouse, if you still have parts of yourself tied up with relationships or with people in your past. You've got to cut it off. And today in this service, I believe that you are going to be making some decisions to cut off soul ties so that you can maybe be healed in areas in your emotion that have been plaguing you or vexing you. So um, if you feel like you have a soul tie and want to break free, the first thing that you need to do is acknowledge that you have it and not be in denial. Soul ties can be or feel like wounds in your heart. It really can. And you have to acknowledge that you have a wound before you can be healed. You can't just pretend it's not there. You can't you know, stick your head in the sand. You may think that you're over someone, and you're really not. You may have been intentional on cutting or breaking it off, but you have had struggles in that. 
So you really have to be intentional by bringing God on the scene and using the authority of Jesus' name. Through prayer, through healing and deliverance and connecting with God, you can break those negative soul ties. We break through with the authority of the name of Jesus. See, the way you know that it's broken is when you can see that person and it doesn't stir up all that emotional junk in your heart anymore. It doesn't rekindle the hurt or cause uh, that pain to, to be relived in your life. You know that you're healed. You know, just like, you know, there's times I've had injuries, I've hurt myself, and, and I have some scars. You know, I had surgery, I have this scar on the side of my leg when I broke my leg, and they put a 15-inch rod inside my uh, leg, my bone up here. And, and so I have this scar, you know, and initially that caused pain, but it healed. But the scar is there to remember, but it has no pain. And, and so you may have scars, but they don't have to cause pain, Okay. Yeah, and, and those scars often can become testimonies of what God's brought us through, okay? See, unhealthy soul ties cause pain and dysfunction in our life. They're powerful. Soul ties that are formed, again, as I said, through close friendships, through vows, through commitments, through emotional or physical intimacy. Again, they're not all bad. And God wants you to have healthy relationships that can build you up and provide wisdom and give you godly counsel. Now, have you been tormented by thoughts about a person, excessively wondering about them, checking on them, rehearsing times with them? If so, you may have a soul tie. And have you grieved over a severed relationship with someone you were once close to and have never gotten over it? If so, you may have soul ties. I'm going to give you, in the time that we have remaining here, I'm going to give you uh, indicators of a wrong soul tie. And I'm, there's actually four signs of an unhealthy soul tie. Number one is confusion. You're just dealing with a lot of confusion. There's conflict because your feelings are telling you one thing and your spirit is telling you another. You want to believe your feelings, but feelings lie and they can be decept- deceptive. See, feelings, the one thing about feelings, they're subject to change. And we have to bring our feelings in subjection to the Word of God. The Word of God is constant. It's stable. It's consistent. It's unwavering. But feelings are subject to change. They can be all over the place. See, we're not to live our lives by feelings, are we? We're to live our lives by faith. And that's the problem with a lot of us. We're living our lives by our feelings. And that's why we get in so much trouble. That's why we're dealing with so much confusion. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. So faith in what God has spoken, faith in what God's revealed, faith in what God has said in his word. And so faith is based on the unchanging word of God. Feelings are based on our emotions. Now, that doesn't mean we can't express our emotions, uh, but we simply need to filter them through the word of God, okay? That's, that's always important. Now, God will never put two people together that are married to someone else, okay? <laughs> and, and these people out there, that they're in these relationships that they're supposed to be married to somebody else, but they have this emotional bond with, with another person. That's not God. If it's not God's will, you should not want any part of it. And that's where we all need to come to be, to the place, Lord, if it's not your will, I don't want any part of it. 
We need to have a passion for the will of God at whatever cost that may be. Just as Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Because we have to understand and believe that the creator who made us has our best interest at heart. That his will is perfect for us. In anything else that we might think we want or would be good for us, it's not going to compare to what God's good will is for us, okay? And so um, when you are outside the will of God in a particular relationship, you will experience confusion. You really will. Your feelings will tell you one thing, but your spirit will tell you another. And your, your spirit, the real part of you is crying out to make corrections and bring things to light. See, we need to understand that confusion is caused by mixing darkness and light. So you have enough of the truth, but then the darkness enters in, and that's when confusion comes. Constant confusion in a relationship is a good indication that you may have an unhealthy soul tie. When you are confused about a relationship, you can make unwise decisions. Regretful decisions are made when you are confused in a relationship. To battle confusion, you need to take purposeful steps in feeding your spirit with the word of God, with God's truth. The word of God always overrides deception. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So when confusion is there, we need to bring God on the scene, okay? And bring God in the picture. Confusion is an indication that God's not in it. When we are out of the will of God, he withdraws his peace, which is a clear indication that you may have a wrong soul time. The second uh, indication that you might have a soul tie is misery. As long as we're actively sinning against God, we may stay, we'll stay miserable. In fact, a believer outside the will of God is more miserable than just an outright sinner who doesn't know God because they have the conflict where they know they need to rise to a different standard. They know that God has something better for them, but yet they're compromising. And there's a misery there. There's a, it's, it's just a struggle. Misery is actually a state, a feeling, a condition of great distress of mind or body. See, you may be even disgusted in what you're doing and full of anxiety, uh, distressed, perplexed, or vexed in your heart or mind, but yet you feel powerless to stop or change the situation. You just seem you can't get past it. See, when we persist in doing something uh, that we know God is not in agreement with, we will experience a type of misery that just won't go away. See, there's that conflict. And it's not because God is mad at you. He just doesn't want that for your life. And you bring the misery upon yourself because of rejecting what you know God has for you. Now, we understand that Satan has access to your life through a wrong soul tie. Psalm 38 actually talks about the anguished heart. And Psalms 23, verse 3, talks about how God will restore your soul, which again is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Psalm 23, 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Number three, the third indication of a soul tie is torment. A tormented mind is not the mind of Christ because the mind of Christ is a peaceful mind. See, the mind of Christ is one that is at peace no matter what the circumstances are. You can be facing horrific circumstances, but when you're at peace, when you have the mind of Christ, you can navigate through that with strength that God provides and gives. See, when Satan has, invite, has invaded our minds through wrong soul ties, our minds will not be at rest, and there's that torment. 1 Corinthians 2.16 tells us that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ, and God's wisdom is, is formed in us. We need to understand that the battlefield is the mind. Is your mind constantly replaying images of the past and rehearsing previous conversations like a broken record that you've had with someone? You try to rehash, relive it, and that, that torment continues just to, to plague you. Do, you. do your thoughts produce fear or make you feel unclean? Whatever is going on in your mind actually is affecting your emotional state. And that's why 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, it gives us uh, an answer, an antidote to what we have to do with our mind. In verse 5, 2 Corinthians 10, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Notice, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In other words, it's bringing our thoughts into the captivity of Christ. It's, it's saying, okay, I'm giving these thoughts to you, Jesus. You hold on to them. You take these thoughts because these thoughts are destroying me. These thoughts are tormenting me. And I don't want to be tormented, so I'm willing to give my thoughts to you. The fourth area that indicates whether or not we have a soul tie is disobedience. And and we're going to be wrapping it up right here in just a little bit. See, God will not advance the instructions of your life beyond your last act of disobedience. If you don't fully obey what God is telling you to do, You'll never move beyond your current circumstance. You won't get through. Worship team, you can come on up. There's a few, a few ways unhealthy soul ties can be formed. That include abusive relationships, which could be physically, sexually, emotionally, or verbally. Adulterous affairs, sex before marriage, obsessive entanglements, with a person, giving them more authority in your life than you give to God. That's, that's a big one. God has to have the most authority in your life. And then controlling relationships is how soul ties, unhealthy soul ties can be formed. So what should we do? Well, you don't want to disobey God. Why would we, we disobey God? We disobey God because we doubt our ability to hear from God. That's why sometimes people disobey. They're they're not sure that God is really what God's showing them, what what God's speaking to them. Or we disobey because we think it hurts too badly. We think it's better to disobey and try to salvage or or stay in in a place when it's only going to be more harmful. And sometimes it's because uh, it's uncomfortable to obey God. It, It takes you out of your comfort zone. And it's not what your flesh wants to do. See, we're wanting God to change someone else often. That's why sometimes we disobey God. 
Lord, you work on them. But you, you need to take ownership in your life for your issues. See, the blame game has to end. And, and, and during this ministry time, as, as we conclude this service, I want to ask you a question. What is God speaking to you about this message? I, I know I've opened a can of worms. And, and, and sometimes things that are left unaddressed, it'll never get better until we address them. And, and the courage that you need right now is to be willing to address issues in your life that may have been a handicap, may have been the cause of, of, of the mess that you're in and the things that you're dealing with or haven't been able to overcome. What is God telling you to do? Be honest with yourself right now. Some of you need to obey God because partial obedience still ends up being disobedience. And delayed obedience is still disobedience. Obeying God is always for your benefit. It always is. And God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. But I believe that right now, some of you need to make a very important decision. And I'm going to lead in the prayer because maybe people have come to mind where there's been an unhealthy soul tie in a past relationship. Or maybe you're in a situation where you need to end a relationship that's unhealthy. But you haven't had the courage and strength to do it. Why? Because the soul tie has kept you tied to that person. Even though you know you should leave, you should break it off, but you just can't. Now, uh, I know that one thing about sharing this message that we may have people seeking us out for counsel, and that's okay. Reach out to us. Reach out to the leadership of this church in some way because we can help navigate you through things. We can have a prayer team up here. This is a starting place where we can find healing and wholeness. See, more than anything as a pastor, I want to see you whole in every way in your spiritual life when it comes to relationships emotionally physically in your body. I want to see you whole. Jesus came to make us whole, to set us free. And before we go on any further, I, I want to extend an invitation if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't believe or really am certain whether or not my life is right with God. You may love God, you may consider yourself a Christian, but maybe in your heart you're not right with Him. I want to extend an invitation to you to get right with him. It only takes a moment. It only takes a decision. And you can make the decision here and now. But it, it's up to you to make the decision. Or maybe you've never walked with God. You may have come in here as an atheist. I don't believe in God. But yet, because of what God is doing and how his spirit is touching you, you may be at a place where you've opened your heart and you want to embrace and allow Jesus in. And so we're going to extend that invitation. If you're here and say, Pastor Matt, would you pray for me? I don't know that my life is right with God, but I want to be right with him. I'm willing to receive his love, his forgiveness. I'm willing to surrender my heart and life to him to do his will, not my own. If that's you this morning, just slip your hand up. Okay, thank you. I see that hand. Are there others? You just hold it up high. You don't have to be ashamed, embarrassed in any way. This is between you and God, but yet, it's going to change your future destiny. Okay, let's stand together. We're going to pray. We're going to pray first 
for those that lifted their hands. And thank you for lifting your hands. I'm going to lead you in a prayer which I call the Believer's Prayer. It's a prayer we pray to put our faith in Jesus Christ, to acknowledge and receive him as the Lord of our life, understanding that he came to this earth to die for our sins, to redeem humanity. It's literally God taking on human form and coming, living a sinless, perfect life, sacrificing and offering his life in exchange for ours. He died in your place so that you could be free, so that you could be delivered from the consequence of sin, so that you could enjoy eternal life with God the Father. Pray this prayer after me. Everyone can pray it. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you. I acknowledge I need you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. I surrender to you. I repent from my sins. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for everyone that raised their hand and prayed that prayer sincerely, that you would invade their life with your goodness, with your love, with your forgiveness, that you would set them free from every shackle, every weight, every sin and its consequences. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for all of us, I want you to assess your life for a moment and ask yourself the question, is there a soul tie in my life that is unhealthy that I need to cut off, that I need to end? I'm not going to have you raise your hand, okay? This is between you and God, but I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then we're going to have the prayer team up here to pray for anybody that wants further prayer. But repeat this prayer after me, if you would. Heavenly Father, I stand before you, acknowledging in my heart that there's a soul tie that is unhealthy, that needs to be broken whether it's in my past or in my present, I ask for your help. Because without you, I cannot break it. But with you and through you, I can break it. In Jesus' name, by the authority of Jesus' name, I break every soul tie right now in Jesus' name, that is unhealthy and that is not of you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, break it now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now you talk to God yourself in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the severing, for the breaking of negative soul ties. That we'll be able to live our life free from being harassed, from being tormented, from being confused, from being in disobedience. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you so much for your attentiveness to the Word of God. We're going to worship God, and then the prayer team will be up here. And 
next Sunday, we do have Refuge Life. Just want to remind you, uh, it's a wonderful time to connect. It's an on-ramp to find out how you can become more with, uh, involved with our church. But thank you so much for being attentive to the word today. God bless you. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.